0: SEJ Summit 2016 is coming to Santa Monica, Chicago, and New York City. With a focus on actionable marketing for SEOs, by SEOs, SEJ Summit is a can't-miss event. Get $50 off your ticket now by using the code Nerd. Learn more at searchenginejournal.com slash Summit 2016
1: We're sitting on the most... Perfect beach in the world,
0: and we can think about it as well. Where can
1: I hook up my quantum? Digital pimp, hard at work.
0: Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. So, should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to?
1: This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Marketing Nerds. My name is Danielle Antos. I'm the Features Editor here at Search Engine Journal. and I'm joined today by Mindy Weinstein. She's the Director of Training at Bruce Clay. Hi, Mindy. How are you doing?
0: Good, Danielle. Thanks for having me today.
1: No problem. Thank you for joining me. Uh, today, we're going to talk about uh, how people search. So that's changed a lot over the years, obviously. It's what SEOs and people who work in search <laughs> are always trying to keep up with. Um, but I was curious... The, what you see, because I know you do a lot of training and education in search industry, how has the way people search changed when you're considering the fact that a lot of people, especially developing countries, are only on mobile? And then, you know, a lot of us, we have our phones in our pockets and we're on it a lot. So we're searching increasingly on mobile. How has that changed the way people search.
0: It's definitely changed. And I mean, you just hit on the hot topics of why it's changed. So I know this is something, as you already alluded to, that is talked about quite a bit in our industry, and, you know, about how mobile search and even voice queries, how that's definitely changed the behavior. You know, when we go to Google and do a search, and especially if we're doing it on our phone, a lot of times we're talking into our phone, and it's going to be a completely different search versus us sitting at our desktop and typing in the words. Right. So some of the, um, but going back to even what I started to say, you know, in our industry that we see this, but most people don't even know that things have shifted. So when you're working with clients and you're working with businesses, they don't necessarily understand that SEO is not like it used to be, that it's a little bit right. different. So I mean, really like today with uh, voice queries, because that's what we're seeing more and more, you know, like you just said, people in some countries don't even have computers and I know for myself, a lot of times, if I am sitting on the couch and I have access to my laptop or access to my phone and I could reach for either one, I'm still going to pick up my phone and likely do a search instead. Mm -hmm. And when I'm going to do that, most of the time I'm going to talk into my phone. I have an iPhone, so I would use Siri. And I'm going to ask a question. Or I might have a query that's a few words because it's more of a natural language. So where things have shifted is it's not just those keyword phrases that we're going after you know like phoenix weather well instead i'm going to do a search that says you know what is the weather in phoenix because it's our language it's the way we talk and that's really where the trend is going you know it's been going that direction and it's going to continue to go that direction
1: yeah i'm also thinking of how i find that that i can google things things better than my husband husband, if that that makes sense. sense It does. So he'll search, he'll search for something and, something, and I'll be like, "What are you typing in? Let me see that." No, like, so I think it's interesting that it's uh, doing research has almost become how well you can Google these days.
0: Oh, absolutely! And what's interesting to me, you know, because of course we have the phones and and voice queries and those the things that I'm talking about, but we also have different generations that are coming up and doing searches. Like I think about. So just a recent story, but it's a really good example of what we're seeing nowadays. Um, I was on my way to my grandmother's 90th birthday party, and I was in the car with my sister and two of my nephews, who are both in the millennial age range. And it was a two-hour drive. We got a flat tire on the way, so it was a very exciting trip. And as we were pulled over on the side of the freeway, my two nephews, they wanted to be able to change the tire themselves. They didn't want us to call AAA. And, um, what was interesting is they grabbed their phones right away and searched for how do you change a tire? And of course, you know, coming with, from the search marketing perspective, <laughs> I like grilled them afterwards. And we, by the way, we still had to call AAA,
1: <laughs> but
0: they tried, they did try cause they were trying to figure out how to change a tire and you know, they got YouTube videos but I was asking them questions of, you know, when you are looking for how to do something, I mean, what do you do? And they boasted, well, we just, you know, talk into our phone and just say, you know, how do you do this or how do you do that? And half the time they even end up watching videos. So, I mean, that's a millennial generation. And you think about the more searches that they're doing, their generation, everything you could possibly need is going to be found online. And then I mm-hmm. even think about my kids, which they're still fairly young, but they're the up and coming generation too. They don't understand that Google doesn't know everything. They think that Google does everything because you can go and do a search, and so they're constantly searching questions. And they're just, again, t- touching on the generations. On the other spectrum, you know, I have my mother-in-law who's in her 70s and is always doing searches now on her iPhone. And same thing, we were on a vacation, and any time we were looking for a restaurant, she's doing that voice search. You know, anytime we were looking for a gas station – so you have to think about what is the behavior, and and often you see it right in front of you. We just don't always translate that into marketing. You know, We think that people still behave a certain way with what we think they're supposed to do, with how they search, when right in front of us, we can see examples of what's natural. What are people doing nowadays? So definitely an evolution, and we're going to, like I said, we're going to continue to see it change.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because, so like the way that I would search, somehow I get, I'm how old am I? 32, 33. Somehow I've gotten slid into the millennial generation, which I'm a little bitter about that. I'm not going to (laughs) lie because when it first came out, it was much younger than me. Um, but people that are my age, it's, it's a strange in between because I didn't have a cell phone until I was in high school, out of high school actually. And now kids get them at six, seven, five. Um, so I didn't have access to a lot of this technology until I was, late high school, early college, but at the same time it came about in a time where I picked it up quite easily. So I'm not like someone who's in their fifties or sixties trying to especially if they haven't been in tech, um, you know, trying to catch up. Right. So it's a weird in-between. I don't like video. Um I'd much rather read. I don't know if that's more of a generational thing or just personal because I read really fast. And so when I'm watching video, I'm like, why are you taking ten minutes? (laughs) I'm
0: actually the same way. I'll read the transcript because I can read faster. But so many people like video. I mean, but that just I think that's more of a a personal preference. It's like the visual learner versus the eye versus, you know.
1: Yeah, that's so. it's so funny because, yeah, we talk about doing it for Search Engine Journal, doing videos and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm not going to watch videos. I mean, we can do videos because some people like videos, and that's that's cool if you want to like your videos. Um, so we, we've tested doing them, and uh, I think we might end up doing them more. We just tried them and don't have the resources, I think, or have gotten the feedback saying that we really, really should do them. Um, but, yeah, that's – I can't do video. Anyways, so – um, so with everything changing between, so there's different generations, they search differently. So you have to, I guess, look at your target audience and figure out how they're searching when you're making a lot of decisions. Right. Um, so how have the search engines, the Google being so forth, how have they changed to meet those, those changing needs on mobile and with voice search?
0: Well, you know, we in our industry know what the search engines tell us. And of course we know the biggest one that comes to mind when we talk about, search engines and accommodating all of this, I think about Google and I think about the Hummingbird mm-hmm. algorithm, which it's been a while since that's been out, but, you know, one of the things that we even always talk about at our training is that we've always believed that Hummingbird was part of why Hummingbird exists is to add a translation layer to search. So right. to accommodate the future of voice search and mobile, you know, Google was anticipating that, that people would be talking. And when we're talking, we're more likely to say, as Matt Cutts gave an example when Hummingbird came out, of, you know, first you ask a question, and then you ask a follow-up question in your search. Mm -hmm. And when you do your follow-up question, you might even leave out the location. You know, is there a restaurant near there? Well, the search engines, their algorithms, they have to accommodate that. So they have to accommodate the natural search language. And the other search engines are doing the same thing. So you know Bing's doing that, Yahoo's doing that. Mm -hmm. And, um, as I mentioned, of course, there's things that we know from the search engines, but they're even more advanced than I think we even realize that they are, you know, they have people who are working for them, engineers, PhDs, who've been doing this for a while and looking at behavior and where are things going. So, uh, I definitely think that they have been prepared for it and continue to evolve. Plus, I mean, we even see, you know, there's the whole talk about artificial intelligence, Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's playing a factor too of understanding conversations and intent and behavior. You know, what do we mean when we search? Because the search engines want to give us relevant results, whether it's typing it on your laptop or talking talking into your phone. You know, they want it to be a good experience for you. So, and they're definitely they're definitely got, like I said, the technology now, and I think it's just going to continue to evolve as time goes on.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch because it's always changing, right? That's more or less the mantra of search in general is that pretty much as soon as we figure anything out, it's going to change.
0: That's why it's Usually. so fun. It's different. Like, see, I Monday, think You wake up and they're, like everything's changed. <laughs> <laughs> I agree.
1: Um, I Every time there's an update, people hit the roof and they're like, oh my god, it's changed again. But yeah, I agree. I think marketing in general, that's what makes it interesting is that it constantly is changing. Um, one of the things we're having to pay attention with search engine journal is the ad blockers like crap, what are we going to do if you know, half of our audience is blocking our ads and that's not directly search related, but it's still marketing and it's a huge shift that could really change the way that we do things, but it's, it's fun to try to figure it out. It is. It is. Um, so, all right. So the search engines are changing. They're trying to figure out how users are searching. So what do you think? I know you work on like the education side, um, of search what do you think where do you think businesses are missing the mark as far as trying to they want to be found online obviously that's the whole point of search mm-hmm. and google and bing are trying to cater to users where do you think most businesses miss the mark in between those two things between the search engines and the users well
0: what i see often and i when i when i train or when i just talk to people in general. I mean, i I talk to businesses of all sizes. So I do, and I do see trends despite the size of the business. Uh, but one of the things that I see very often is that they're still practicing old school SEO or mm-hmm. the people working for them still are. They don't, they aren't as ingrained in it as we are. So they know in the past that the way to get your website to show up in search results is you pick this particular keyword and you optimize your page for that. And, you know, you go out and you try to attract links. I mean, they're the things that are somewhat correct, but they haven't taken it to the advanced step. And so right. what miss the mark is that don't think about, you know what, really what, questions are people going to ask you know what are some of the ways that my customers or my clients describe their problems or their needs like they know that from a marketing perspective but they don't seem to marry the two together that you know what these are things that people say when they call us these are things that you know people talk to us about when we're out there doing sales these are also the ways that people are going to search online and so where I think they miss the mark is they like I said they don't connect the two together that you know the behavior that we see with our customers and our clients, let's take that, let's take that language that they're using, that behavior, the things that they care about, and let's craft the right message on our website. And even the right message, you're going to incorporate those questions, you're going to incorporate those you know, descriptors that they use. That's SEO, it's marketing, it's also mm-hmm. content, it's all the things together. And so I think, like I said, that's really where things just get missed. And... And from, um, just to give you even just a little more insight, like I'm working on my PhD right now in psychology, and I have a marketing background. So I have a marketing undergrad, I have an MBA, and then I decided, well, I'm not going to take business classes all over again. What part am I missing? And I decided the part I'm missing from a marketing perspective is the human psychology point of it. And (laughs) so the PhD I'm working on is uh, psychology with an emphasis in technology believe it that is a degree <laughs> it does exist so <laughs> the part of it is just you know from what we do every day you know things are changing the search engines are paying attention to users we need to pay attention to users and that psychological component goes in there you know what do people care about what are they gonna, what words are they going to use again you know what what really is the intent behind their query and so i think when businesses take time to really like dig in deep of like who is their customer and all the things i've described i think that they will be fine going forward as the search engines evolve and as we see you know trends change over time well if you really know your audience you're still there you know you're still Mm -hmm. going to be able to, to get them to your website you're still going to be able to convert them so all of those things
1: that's interesting um well, I have another question, a follow-up question, actually, but we're going to take a real quick break, and then we'll be right back.
0: SEJ Summit 2016 is coming to Santa Monica, Chicago, and New York City. With a focus on actionable marketing for SEOs, by SEOs, SEJ Summit is a can't-miss event. Get $50 off your ticket now by using the code Nerd. Learn more at searchenginejournal.com slash 2016
1: Okay. And we're back with Mindy Weinstein of Bruce Clay. We're talking about, I think really where you were heading with where we were at before was the SEO can't be, or search in general can't be, actually, I'm going to stop. Do you consider SEO and search to be the same thing or are they different?
0: Is that, that that's a question?
1: That is a question. I, cause in my mind, they're pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. But then I've asked around and people are like, well, I feel like SEO is a more technical aspect. Are they the same in your opinion?
0: Okay, so um, that's a good question about SEO and search being the same. I think that I do use them interchangeably quite a bit. But in search there is more, you know, I look at the whole picture of search encompasses a lot more. But going back to SEO, so I'm all over the place with my answer to you. You're fine. (laughs) it, It is technical. There is no doubt that it's technical. Because all the things that we do to get a website to be ranked and to get traffic, you know, we can add content, we can work on attracting links. I mean, from the SEM side, we can do social media, we can do pay-per-click, we could do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But if we don't have the right foundation for our website, so there are technical problems, you know, it's a CMS that's outdated, you know, the website can't even get indexed to begin with, then really, like, all of our efforts... Or don't help us at all. So there's right. a huge technical aspect of SEO. But there's also a marketing aspect of SEO because when you're optimizing a website, to optimize that website and you're thinking about the words and the phrases and all the things I've been talking about, well, you have to know the audience. And then that's where you get right. more into the marketing side. So it's definitely a lot that goes into it. And I think that SEO has even changed over time. You know, it used to just be so, you know, technical or there was just certain things you did and you can check them off your list. Well, now mm-hmm. it's a constant process, which is good if you're an SEO because it is a constant process, which means that it's always job security because you're right? always, you always have something to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like SEO was more, I it's kind of a catchy word, buzzword, if you will. It's, it used to be far more siloed, like you did SEO and then you did you know, you did your content and everything was very, very separated. But now I feel like they have to, it's much more of an ecosystem than it used to be.
0: Right. I would definitely agree with you on that. And, you know, SEO, the other thing, now I'm kind of getting on a little bit of a tangent, but all (laughs) of it matters (laughs) for for talking about, but even SEO, you know, a lot of times, because i that's what I'm in. I mean, I'm very focused on SEO. Mm-hmm. You know, we do, like you said, it, it used to be very siloed, but then in some situations it is still siloed in companies where, you know, you have the SEO team and they are working on the website and this is what they're doing. You know, they're optimizing, they're working on the technical fixes, you know, all the things that go into it. Right. And then mm-hmm. on the other end, you don't have, you have like your sales and your marketing people and not everyone's talking to each other. And so I think that's really where a lot of companies go wrong, too, where the SEO team could really benefit from the sales team. And that even goes with what we're talking about of understanding what people are going to search for. You know, let's talk. Let's brainstorm. Of course, they're going to benefit from talking to marketing and vice versa. I mean, when sales can provide great information to the SEO team and same with marketing, then the site is just going to be set up a lot better and to accommodate everything we've been talking about with, you know, how search has changed and, and what people search for. Well, when you work together like that, I mean, that's where you really can build that strong online presence.
1: I think that's one of the benefits of working um, with SCJ. I think we've got 10 or less people. I think that's part of the benefits of having a smaller company in the sense of the number of people that you work with versus like how much revenue you generate. That's what I mean by smaller. Um, Because you can be more agile, like you can it's easier to pivot. It's easier to go, okay, well, this has shifted. We need to be doing, you know, we need our sales team and our our content team working together. And if that's 50 teams with five different supervisors, that's nearly impossible versus two or three people, maybe five people that need to get together and to make those changes so that they can be found.
0: Right. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, there's definitely challenges, but I think that, um, you know, the benefits outweigh them for sure.
1: Absolutely. Well, I think that's about all the time we've got for today. Thank you for joining me, Mindy. I really appreciate it.
0: Great. Thank you for having me, Danielle. It was great. It was fun.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed our conversation. Um, If you are listening on iTunes, if you could leave us a review for Marketing Nerds, we'd really appreciate it. We do this weekly. Um, This week was with Mindy. We sit down and talk with lots of different marketing experts. So if you could Leave us a review on iTunes. I would greatly appreciate it. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.